Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Shear from Refuge Freedom Stories. Today I'm here with a young man, Joshua Willer, 39 years of age. He's long-term experienced working with children in divergent environments. He's worked at summer camps, home child care, daycare centers, a kindergarten classroom, and all sorts of things of that nature. Josh formerly drove a truck for Campar Transport for 12 years, so a lot of experience in that. He attends local church in London, and that's where I met him. He's a single father to Gavin, uh, just an incredible young man. Uh, how old's Gavin? Gavin's eight currently. Gavin is an eight-year-old boy who just loves his dad, and uh, and I love him. Josh has his diploma in early childhood education, as well as an honors bachelor degree in early childhood leadership. And he was on the dean's honor roll every semester while he was doing that schooling. Hi, Josh. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful, Dave. Thanks for having me today. How are you? Uh, pretty good. What are you here for? I'm here to uh, share the wonderful things that God has done in my life mm -hmm. and the uh, transformation that has occurred since I started going to church and received awesome. Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Awesome, man. Um, how long ago was that? Uh, approximately four years ago. Yeah? My experiences in the past, you know, I had a bit of a troublesome background. Mm -hmm. uh, I got in a bit of trouble there and basically just from drinking and things mm -hmm. of that nature. Asked my mom if she knew of a good church to attend because I told her like I can't do this on my own and she recommended a church and I went and uh, to be honest with you the, the first time I walked through the doors mm -hmm. I actually felt a bit angry I felt like I was going to be judged I felt like everybody that was there was perfect and I had this terrible story and I had done negative things in my life, hurt people, hurt myself in the process. You know, I just felt like it was, I felt like I was going to be judged, but that wasn't what happened. And the first service I ever sat through, literally, I had that lump in my throat where I felt like I was just going to start crying at any minute. Like if mm. anybody had come over to talk to me or put hands on me, I probably would have just broke down right at that point. Yes. But I remember standing there, it felt like almost like black tar was coming out of my pores. Like everything that I had done wrong or everything that I was ashamed of or everything that I had been carrying guilt mm -hmm. around with me throughout my life for was just coming out and releasing into the atmosphere. And I used to have an issue kind of like binge drinking. I wasn't the kind of person that would drink every day, but when I would, it would get way out of hand and, mm -hmm. and usually ended with me being in trouble or something of that nature. So ever since that day, I never used alcohol in that manner again. Yes. And so that's four years ago. So wow. yeah, it's been quite a change in my life for sure. That's outstanding. Yeah, I would say everything happened because of the birth of my son. You know, I realized that I didn't want him to see me drunk on the floor or, mm -hmm. or getting arrested or getting in trouble for something. You know, I thought to myself, what do I want Gavin to see mm -hmm. when he looks at his father? Yes. And basically that has guided my life since he's been here on mm -hmm. this planet. As far as like receiving Jesus, as far as going to church, working with children. I mean, really, I didn't have any background or any interest in working with children until he was born. And then it hit me. I, I fell in love with him and, and I, I can see aspects of Gavin in every child that I work with, mm -hmm. you know? And I also believe that the, the things that had happened in my lifetime, God used those negative things to kind of turn my life around and weapons formed to hurt me actually became weapons that 
uh, allowed me to prosper. That's interesting you should say that, Josh. Uh, I believe there's a Bible verse, Isaiah 54, 17, and I have it right here. Would you read that for me? Yeah, it says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Beloved, I want you to know that God never said that no weapon will ever form against you at all. He did, however, say that they shall not prosper. Rejoice, for he will not allow the weapons that form against you from the evil one to prosper. Wow, that's really powerful. I believe in Deuteronomy 8, 7, 9, verses 7 to 9, Josh. Could you read that for me? Because I believe that has to do with what you're talking about as well. Yes, it says, uh, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranate, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. Child of God, I want you to know that what the enemy uses to hurt you, God will use to prosper and bless you, for he only has good plans for you. Wow, isn't that incredible to know that? Absolutely. And that's, that, I mean, that scripture verse speaks directly to us today, not just to the, the people that we were talking to there. It has to do with each one of us as Christians, right? We have this concept of God that uh, a lot of people are like, scared of God or think that he's some mean dictator and, you know, blame all the things that are bad in the world on God, you know, except for when they, they're in trouble and they've done something wrong and they need help, then they turn to God. But to know God's heart, eh, Josh? Absolutely. And not just that, but this isn't just a history lesson. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not what did Jesus do, it's what is he doing. Yes. Right? So we need to remember that, that God is with us. And not just in our victories. Mm -hmm. God is with us in our defeats and our awesome and, and, our, and the things that we can't do ourselves. Mm -hmm. God is there too, right? So yes. He's not just there for the victories, He's there for all the trials and tribulations that we experience in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really important. I mean, He's been there with me, I'll tell you, in some pretty dark times. There were times where I was crying out to God, you know, in unjust moments. This isn't fair. This is just not fair, God. Why am I going through this? I need your help. I need you to get me out of this. I need you to justify things for me and make, make the truth come to the surface and 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 God didn't do that but he did hear my cry right right and he did help me and he stayed with me and and I could feel him and he he brought up the strength I needed to go through whatever it was I was going through to develop character to be a witness all these things you know just like Paul being you know, imprisoned falsely right you know and tortured there's so many things like that interestingly uh, what you're saying resonates with me because I think of God and I and I always wonder why I can't hear him mm. Or there's been times where I've questioned, like, is he actually speaking to me? Yes. And oftentimes, I'll go through something, and when I look back, that's when I realize God was with me. God was speaking to me, you know? And in my flesh, I struggle with this concept of communication as being one singular thing, and it's a voice, right? But sometimes God communicates with you through many different ways, and don't forget that he is with you no matter what. What? What ways other so ways? So for example, when I first started to college yeah. uh, later in life, I was scared that I wasn't going to be successful at it. Mm. You know, I, in my high school education, I, I barely got my grade 12 and uh, that was a struggle. So I yes. thought, how am I going to do college, right? Yeah. And I knew I needed to do something. I had a passion for working with children. Mm -hmm. It was a passion that was established, like I said, with Gavin mm -hmm. and I couldn't deny that. So I knew there was something there, but I wasn't sure I had the ability to finish what mm -hmm. I started when I, when I decided to go to school. Interestingly enough, he he meets you where you are. 
Mm. And with God, I was able to, you know, not just graduate in the early childhood education diploma program, but I actually graduated the highest GPA in the program. The highest GPA, the highest in, GPA the program. in the program. Yeah. So that was a blessing. And you know, that put a, you on the dean's list? Yeah. So I made the dean's honor roll wow. um, all semesters that's, of that. That's program. very impressive. And, and that's a test, testimony right there. Absolutely. God for you. sure. So that's awesome, Josh. You know, it brings us to, you know, where we are today and your goals for the future. You know, like, what do you hope to, to see yourself in, uh, you know, a few years from now, five years, 10 years? Whatever. Well, I definitely look forward to working with children mm-hmm. in any capacity. I like the idea of opening a summer camp. That's been a dream of mine for probably, you know, a good three, four years. Opening a summer camp. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe that it allows educators, us as adults, mm-hmm. to uh, work with children in capacities that aren't so stringent. Yes. You know, like you get into some school systems and things that like that and there's a lot of rules and guidelines and regulations whereas summer camp's a little bit more open yep. you know you can get creative with it children really allow themselves to express themselves in ways that they typically can't you're often and, tied to curriculum and, right and yeah this sort of absolutely thing in, in school absolutely. settings but at the camp setting you have more freedom to adjust that and, for sure for sure and, uh, and it's interesting because i think of what einstein said as uh, far as imagination is more important than knowledge yes and i think that camp can allow children that atmosphere to imagine and create outside the box. And I think that's really important. But yeah, I definitely forward to um, purchasing a home and getting back out there because, you know, as far as being a student, it can be costly and whatnot. So it's been a long haul for you. Absolutely. And, and, and it is difficult financially to get through school and all this stuff. I'd love to see you have your own home someday and but uh, you and Gav to for sure just sort of settle down. And yeah, and, I know. also I also look at the, the summer camp Mm-hmm. And I think about, you know, passing the baton, so yes. to speak, on to Gap, mm-hmm. you know, seeing him become a camp counselor or something yes. or, or carry on that kind of legacy, if that's what he wants to do. Yeah. But I mean, he loves the outdoors, he loves nature. He's very social. So, I mean, that would be a, a great opportunity for him yeah. as well going forward. So, Well, you're the perfect candidate for it. Not only do you have experience with summer camps and this sort of thing and love children and, and have the qualifications for it, but you're also a very outdoorsy guy. Yeah. You know, I often see pictures, you know, you're posting pictures of you and Gav, you know, hiking, hiking, canoeing, canoeing yeah. and rollerblading and yeah. biking. And, yeah. And that's something that we can take our dreams and God can bless those dreams. And I believe that sound to me in my spirit. I feel like that dream you're talking about with the summer camp is something that's probably inspired by God. And if it is, then it's a go. And, and we just have to have faith in that. And we just have to, you'll have to seek out all the means to do that, you know, down the road. You know, this COVID thing's hit us really hard right now, so it's probably not going to be something really sudden. However, that's going to lift. I believe it's going to lift. Amen, I agree, 100%. There's so many families that are stuck at home right now, and, and it's good in some ways, but, you know, they're all stuck together, and it's not good for some right. families, you know. And when that starts to lift, I mean, can you imagine how many kids are just ready to go somewhere like a summer camp? Absolutely. And just be surrounded by other kids. Absolutely. I think there's even there's even potential to, you know, maybe open a kindergarten, mm-hmm. an outdoor kindergarten at the summer camp. Wow. Right? Because that's huge when you, when you look at, like, Scandinavian countries mm-hmm. and whatnot. They have something like uh, 10% of their kindergarten classrooms are, are completely completely outdoors wow. all day every day mm-hmm. and I think that equates to like 500 classrooms so Man. I think there's a lot of untapped potential mm-hmm. to to look at that avenue as well so I mean 
I really like the idea of getting children back outside. You know, I think that we've kind of relied on technology in some ways as as babysitters mm -hmm. or, or childcare providers. And I think we need to make the outdoors cool again. That's part of it, right? It's making it fun and exciting. And so. right along with what you're saying about, what was it Einstein said about imagination? Imagination is more important than knowledge. Yes, and, and especially with children. And children are sponges for Absolutely. knowledge and for learning. And if they can do that, they do it all the time. And whether they're learning something good or they're learning something bad, they're constantly learning. And those formative years where it really puts an impression on them for the rest of their life. And, and to have somebody positively influence that. And again, through nature and outdoors and my gosh, like other countries, as you're saying, have gone way ahead of us. Yeah, it's absolutely. Time for us to look at that. And you're literally seeing God at work mm -hmm. everywhere you turn. Yes. Right? And I think that's a beautiful thing that you could, you know, collaborate with that education process as well. So. Mm -hmm. You know, you get together with people and you talk about things from your childhood. And the one day that everybody remembered is that one period or the afternoon where the teacher said, let's go outside. And he took you outside and you sat under the trees and read your books or you played a game of baseball and then did some reading or something like that. You know, I had a teacher who one day, it was been a really hot summer and we'd been working really hard. And he said, you know what, guys? Nobody's even paying attention right now. And I can see everybody's hot and you're frustrated. Let's go outside. So we went out and hit the tarmac. And as we started playing basketball, an ice cream truck pulled in that he had called and gave us some ice cream. You know? oh, that's awesome. And he was a psychologist right. as well. And a military psychologist, Dr. Spear. Uh, to this day, the feelings I felt that day, anything that was said, I absorbed it like a sponge because of that environment for learning. Right. It sounds like he knew exactly what you guys needed. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of one of my favorite sayings is be the adult that you needed as a child. Mm. Right. So reflect on what it was that you needed and, and be that for somebody be else. Be the adult that you needed as a child. Right. Wow. Yeah. And you can do that anywhere. Mm -hmm. Really, you can. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. You can, you can start. Another one is your situation doesn't have to improve in order for your gratitude to. Right. So say the, it again. Sorry, your louder. situation. Mm -hmm. does not have to improve in order for your gratitude to improve. Ah. Right? So things don't need to change right away, mm -hmm. but your outlook yes. can be the impetus to start that change, right? So, so a lot of people, I, I think, I mean, I can only speak from my experiences, but sometimes I wait for things to be perfect and then take that next step. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we just have to be grateful for what we have. Yes. And, and be appreciative and, and help somebody else and take a next step like that, mm -hmm. right? So you can't always wait for the perfect time. No. Essentially. And, and, and let's be honest. That perfect time often doesn't ever come. <laughs> yeah. They're sitting there waiting their whole lives for Absolutely. something to happen. And when this happens, I'll be happy. When this happens, I'll right. move on. Right. You know, even inside. And, and that's and that's know. the same with God. Mm -hmm. You know, we think, oh, well, when, when I clean up my act, mm -hmm. then I can go and find Jesus or that I, then I'm, you know, worthy of it. Yes. And it's completely backwards. You know, it's mm -hmm. like taking a bath before you have a shower. Yeah. You know, what's the point? Right? And the Bible talks about putting the cart before the horse or the mule, doing things backwards. He says, don't do that. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, stand in faith. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So, Josh, um, I'm sure you have lots of stories about uh, camp and, and your experiences working with the children. Is there anyone that comes to your mind clearly? To be honest with you, Dave, there's a number of stories mm -hmm. that I could, I could speak about right now. Because that summer camp really did change my life in a lot of ways. It was mm -hmm. profound. One story or one event in particular really struck me hard. And uh, I'll remember this for the rest of my life. So in the month of June, we would run day camp programs. Yes. So the schools would come out for a day, mm -hmm. you know, and they would experience different programs and stuff. And each counselor would run a different program. Mm -hmm. 
So on this specific day, we had a school from St. Thomas and uh, I could tell it, it was a little bit of a rougher school from the core area. Yep. And I was running a sporting program. Mm -hmm. So we would play three different unique sports yes. in a half hour, 45 minute period. And oftentimes the uh, teachers and some parent volunteers would stick with each group as they went around kind of thing, just to yes. give an extra hand. And uh, it was the end of the, the program and we were going to have lunch. Everyone was going for lunch. So we rounded the children up and in my group, myself and one of the teachers noticed we were, we were a child short. You noticed you were a child short. Yeah. Too. We were looking around, we were doing a head count and there was somebody missing. So we were both, you know, looked around and at the same time, her and I both noticed the missing boy was uh, sitting at a picnic table by himself beside the pool on the camp property. And we both started walking that way and I kind of gave her a look and I said, you know, do you mind if I uh, go speak with him? And she kind of smiled at me and was like, you know, I could tell in her body language, yeah, that'd be awesome, right? Mm -hmm. So I walked over and the young guy had his head down and I just said to him, you know, like, are you sad? Are you sad? Yeah. yeah. And he didn't even look up. He just kind of shook his head. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was something trivial. I thought it was like uh, he didn't get a goal mm -hmm. or he didn't spend enough time playing a certain game or he didn't want it to end or whatever. Yeah. So I said to him, I said, you know, like, what are you sad about? And he said to me, I miss my dad. Mm. And, you know, I instantly made this judgment seeing the school and whatnot. And, mm -hmm. and some of the children, I thought maybe dad was car Mm -hmm. or maybe dad you know left and, and he didn't see his son anymore yeah or any number of things you know so i asked him i said you know like what why do you miss your dad what happened and he said my dad died he died yeah and uh that hit me pretty hard because i'm, I'm looking at this young boy and he's probably at the time i was thinking of gavin and and uh he was only a couple years older than gavin so that must have jarred your heart absolutely that, eh? yeah. absolutely you're, being you're a father like, i'm gonna volunteer to do this and now yeah. you're in it yeah and your heart kaboom right absolutely so i said you know when did he die and he said a month ago oh boy so it was pretty fresh mm -hmm. and you know i started feeling emotions coming over me but i didn't want to overreact mm -hmm. or bring this child down i wanted to say something that would would lift his spirits and so i just said you know like do you want to share a story or a memory or something of your father that that you missed that was a really happy time for you uh -huh. And because we were sitting beside the pool, he looked at the pool and he said, you know, me and my dad, we used to go swimming together all the time. Mm. And that was something that he really, he really missed. And, and it kind of made him smile a bit, just, you know, being able to share that with me. So I said to him, I said, well, would you like to give me a hug? And he said, he actually didn't even say anything. He just shook his head yes. And before I could even stand up from the picnic table, he already got up from the picnic table and walked around and gave me a hug. And he just buried his head into my chest. And it, it felt as though I was giving him an opportunity to hug his dad again. Yes. Like it, there was just... I could feel the emotion there and, and it was really hard. So uh, I walked him over to the, um, to, to the rest of his friends and whatnot in the school. He got his lunch and everything was, was okay. And I asked one of the teachers, I said, you know, like, is he okay? Like he told me that his father died. And sometimes children say things that aren't 100% mm -hmm. accurate or whatever. And she's confirmed that. She said, yeah, his dad passed away a month ago and he's been really struggling with it. Mm. And I said, and I, was, and I said to her, I said, I hope this isn't appropriate, but if there's anything I can do, like I would pick him up, I pick him and his mom up and bring him to the camp. Like I mm. want him to be able to have that experience when, once the pool opens mm -hmm. for him to have that experience, you know? Yes. And she said, okay, well, I'll talk to the principal and, and see, you know, where we could go with that. But anyways, I walked away from the teacher because we were going for lunch as well, the counselors. Mm. And as soon as I walked away, I just started bawling my eyes out and I went to talk to the director of the camp and I said to him, I, I told him what had happened and I said, you know, if that little boy wants to come to camp for a week in the summer, once we mm -hmm. do the week-long programs, I said, I will pay for him. Wow. Because it was it was that important for him to be able to have that experience again. Yeah. So that was a very emotional time. But then it kind of was compounded by the fact that at the end of the year, my my mentor and the and the director of the camp, it was his final year. He was moving on to something else and he gave a speech and essentially what he was doing was he was introducing every camp counselor to the next director. 
Yes. So he said something brief about each counselor. Yeah. And when he got to me, he said, Joshua is the biggest champion of the underdog that I have ever seen in my life. And I knew what he was referring to. Mm -hmm. And again, like the emotions just came right back. And I, and I literally left. Beautiful. Yeah, because it was just like, it, it hit me that hard. So. Well, and that recognition too. And, you know, for yourself, for your own spirit, to, for people to see your heart, you know, and through this whole process of God changing you and leading you into this sort of ministry and, and work and that passion that you have and the caring, there aren't enough people who allow their hearts to feel. There aren't enough people in childhood work or in, and there's so many rules around it sometimes, you know, that caution you not to. But the person with the heart is who God needs. Absolutely. You, ask, you have to have a heart. And I see that heart in you. Josh, is there anything that you would like to leave as a message for anybody that's listening, whether it's a child or a father or a mother or anybody that's listening today? I would just say, encourage your children to dream. Don't ever, don't dream. ever stop them. Don't tell them they can't do something. You know, encourage them, be with yes. them. I think any good parent mm -hmm. wants their child to succeed and outdo them. I want Gavin to be bigger, better, you know, in every way. And I think that that's important that we support our children in what they want. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't try to make them become us. Yes. You know, we, we look at them and say, okay, what is it that you like? Mm -hmm. You know, with Gavin in particular, I like to give him lots of experiences mm -hmm. and, and see what sticks, mm -hmm. see what he likes, and then go that route with him, right? Yes. Kind of like opening the door and, and saying, you walk through and I'll be on the other side to guide you. Know? Awesome. But let them take the lead. Mm -hmm. Well, that's awesome, man. I love you. And uh, I love Gavin. You guys are awesome. And, and I watch Gavin. And you and I know, and most people don't realize how much their children look to them and say, I'm going to do what they're doing. And it doesn't matter what you're doing. In your case, you're doing a lot of good things. And he's, you know, striving to be like dad in, in these areas. And you're trying to get him to do what he wants to do too. But you're setting an awesome role for him. And I'm really proud of you. And, I appreciate uh, that. I just thank you for coming today and talking to everybody. And uh, I'm hoping that over the next few years, I believe in my spirit that God's going to take your dreams and just blow them right open and uh, continue to lead you in ministry in these areas. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. God bless you, bro. God bless you. A father said to his son, be careful where you walk. The son responded, you be careful. I walk in your footsteps. Got the steel inside me. Stronger every day. Don't have the push, no, no. Seem to find its own way. Just like a child whose dreams have come alive. I get excited because I found out where love resides. And when love resides, there is no fear. And when Shoulder and
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.